Well, hello, Gunner. Hello, everybody. So this is, I would argue, the first Dave and Gunner episode where we've had uh, a cybernetic uh, enhanced organism on the show today. <laughs> and and that, that organism is uh, my good friend, Camille Tootie, also Gunner's friend, Camille Tootie. So hello, Camille. Hello. How are you? Yeah. And we're going to make you guys sit through the whole show uh, so we uh, for you to hear about her uh uh, chip implant and and uh, what she does with it. So uh, stay tuned for that for throughout the episode. So, so Camille, tell tell us about yourself. Where, where are you from? Why are you here? Where am I from and why am I here? Well, originally from Stockholm, Sweden. I've been in the DC area for the past I would say 16 years or so. So I'm almost an American by now. Yeah. Um, I am the editor in chief of Government CIO Media. We recently had a name change actually last Friday so we used to be government CIO magazine and now we uh, went through the name change to better reflect our focus and magazine as sad as it's it sounds is pretty antiquated right uh, well it's bigger than it's bigger than yeah. magazines yeah so we are not just about the written word but we also deliver content and produce and deliver content via uh, video events and hopefully one day uh, via podcasts. Yeah. Do you know anybody that does podcasts that could be that could be a guest on your show? <laughs> I sure do. I have a few people in mind All actually. Right. At least two. Yeah. <laughs> At least two. Yes. Okay. So tell us about there is one thing that you've been working on with uh, change agents and and uh, uh, so what's what's all that you've been working on a series about that. So I have always been interested in the more human side of IT and the government when it comes to transformation and driving change. So my project is really about highlighting the people in government, uh, current and former govies, who have uh, driven change in their offices and their um, agencies. So. I've interviewed about 15 people mm -hmm. um, for, for this feature series about how they were able to drive change in a rigid bureaucracy. And I think that the biggest takeaway from talking with all these people is that you don't have to be in a leadership role to drive change. Like I mean, positional yeah. management, you got to be. Right. You don't have to be the boss. You don't have to be the boss. You don't have to have a fancy CXO title. You can be just, you know, and I say just with quotation marks, you can be a project manager, you can be a, you know, part of the rank and file. Mm -hmm. uh, the only thing you need is really a vision and, um, you know, getting, knowing what it takes to get the buy-in from leadership or people um, around you like stakeholders. Um, on board, so you can actually implement the change that you're trying uh, uh, trying to implement. Okay, so what about so? Give me some examples of some of the cool people you interviewed and, and what you learned from them. Were there any trends that you noticed too? And, and maybe we could talk about that. Mm -hmm. So we have posted two of the profiles. So what I did is I interviewed these 15 people. Um, I wrote a narrative, so 15 separate narratives. So mm -hmm. it's I'm looking at one problem, how this person was able to overcome that issue, and what led to the more 
uh, long-term change in the agency. So the first person I spoke with was Ashley Mahan, who is the oh. FedRAMP evangelist at GSA. Yeah. I wanted to share her story because to many, you know, cloud security, the, the cloud security vetting program may not be the most sexy initiative on the, sur- <laughs> on the surface, but it's very, very important. Yeah. And I think a- Ashley has been a, you know, the FedRAMP cheerleader in, in government. And, you know, she came on board in 2015 and she, her role was really to evangelize the, the FedRAMP program. Yes. So after her, we posted a profile with David Lilly, who was a geospatial intelligence officer at the Department of Homeland Security. He's actually now with the Department of the Army. Mm. And he's a super smart, articulate guy. And I mean, so is Ashley, a very articulate, smart woman. Um, And David, was able to drive change and he's been in the government for you know he's 20 years or so a young guy still he started as a as a soldier mm-hmm. and then he stayed in government and has a, been able to do a lot of um uh, drive a lot of change um but he talked about the cultural challenges with with driving change and you know there was a really cool quote from him that people or People in government should fear, you know, the uh, becoming irrelevant more than actually driving change more. Hmm. That's interesting. It sounds like uh, was it only the paranoid survive with uh, with the intel chairman uh, talked about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And all of the the rest of the um, the uh, the people I interviewed. I mean, it's from a wide array of agencies and backgrounds. So. You know, I do have someone from the, from, um, uh, I do have some people who are on that CXO level, but most of the people are kind of like mid-management or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just fascinated by by their stories. You know, it, it not everyone wants to be a change agent. Um, but also one thing that i discovered was that these people weren't looking to be change agents they were trying to solve a problem and they use creative innovative innovative ways to do so um and they were just doing it because they wanted to meet the agency mission you know mm-hmm, they were just mm-hmm. trying to do a good job and they found a better way to do it so it's really interesting to see the, the stories. And I don't think that we talk enough about the people yes. behind, you know, some of these initiatives in government. Yeah. Well, I, I know, like, when I talk to a lot of CIOs and CTOs about digital transformation, it's it's really easy for a product company like Red Hat to just lead with product, product, product. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and, with, and I keep telling people, it's like digital transformation is more than just products it's the people and it's also the processes and you know if, if the people aren't on board or your processes are outdated the newest technology isn't going to help you at all right and and so what are did they impart advice in terms of uh, like like uh, like I, I can imagine some people could get discouraged or um, or like overcoming 
blockers that mm -hmm. in, in their organization did they import any any sort of advice like that they all had different advice actually yeah. I highlighted their best advice in, in these pull quotes that I have on the article page but you know sometimes it's just it sounds so easy uh, for example David Lilly talked about how you know trying to have empathy and seeing an issue not from only your perspective but you know why is this one saying no to this yes. you know initiative or this ask you know you gotta see a, an issue from uh, different perspectives and understand why people are saying no why are they saying no you know is there a way that you can bring other stakeholders into the equation and get them to help you know get, get them to you know see the issue, the issue, the challenge from your perspective, and then you know they can rally other people behind mm -hmm. that as well. Yeah, and a lot of times, uh, I think a lot of times people would have a way to fix a problem, and then they'll meet resistance to that. Um, and instead of taking it personally, of like, oh, this is my solution, and you don't like my solution, let's take a step back and look at the underlying problem that we're trying to solve, mm -hmm. and maybe there is a better solution that we could all agree upon and, mm -hmm. and try to go with that instead. I think what David said was, you know, when you, this is actually not in the story, but I c cut it out because of the length. Mm -hmm. But he talked about, like, when you get people to understand the mission, like, hopefully you're in government because you want to be a public servant right. you want to meet the mission your yes. agency mission and getting people to understand okay if we do this particular thing thing that i'm talking about you know that will help us meet the mission will save money it will you know streamline processes or it will make our job so much easier mm -hmm. you know when you actually tell people you know tell or show don't tell people. Right. If you actually show them that this is this is what the you know this is the best outcome, and we can get there by doing these steps that I've outlined, and then it will be so much easier for you to get that buy-in from stakeholders. Yeah. What about you know the other thing that I you know I keep hearing about is the uh, silver tsunami and everybody retiring and stuff like that. And it were there any. Uh, discussions about how to attract and, and retain talent because I know like getting people to focus and rally around the mission is important but in the meantime everybody's excited about doing other things or working in Silicon Valley and stuff. Did, did mm -hmm. they talk about talent much? Some of them did. Actually I have this other store, uh, uh, feature story or series that I'm working on called um, how to hire the best IT talent in government and compete with Silicon Valley. Oh. So I've addressed that as well. Is that out? Not yet. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm looking to publish it, um, I would say, probably the first week of March because it's okay. tied to an event that we have called Uncle Sam Meets Silicon Valley. And it's about embracing that culture of innovation that's um, you know, very common in places like Silicon Valley, but also other tech hubs around the country like Austin, Pittsburgh, yeah. Boston. So, no, but talent, hiring talent is, or well, hiring and main, uh, retaining talent is a huge challenge in government, you know. Um, so that article series will address that. But my change agent uh, series did address that in one of the interviews that I did. Um, it was someone who implemented 
this new technology uh, that would help retain employees in the intelligence community. So um, that's one example of that. Okay. Well, cool. So let's let's uh, change directions a little bit and and talk about uh, um, your cybernetic enhancements. <laughs> so so what, what's that all about? I'm a cyborg. Yeah. My name is Camila. I'm a cyborg. Yeah. So your uh, voice synthesis is really good. It's it's like Siri like. Yeah. So about two almost two years ago, I was in Stockholm, and I was working on a piece. I was actually visiting my my family and friends, but. I wanted to um, take a look at this Stockholm tech scene. Um, Sweden is one of those places in the world that has, I think it's the second highest number of unicorns, tech unicorns after Silicon Valley. So very, very vibrant tech scene. And I didn't know anything about it, to be honest, unless until I got introduced to it by uh, by a friend of mine who is in the who works for an IoT company in, in Stockholm, but he's also uh, involved with other tech projects. Um, uh, Patrick Hamilton is his name. Patrick uh, Walsh Hamilton, and uh, he said, "Why don't you come and uh, to this uh, beer and chip party at this co-working space in in Stockholm called the Epicenter?" So I went there and they... And it's different kind of chips. <laughs> different kind of chips, for yeah. sure. <laughs> the kind that don't have any calories. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you can enjoy that. Um, so there was a professional body piercer who inserted these little chips into, into people's hands. So I decided to do it. I waited around for maybe 45 minutes. I stood in line. I watched people getting this chip implant, and um, before I ha- had changed my mind, my turn was up, and yes, they take a huge needle, yeah. and they insert the, um, the chip between your, kind of in this fleshy part between your thumb and your, f- uh, and your index finger, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you can see I have a little scar there, and on, yep. on a good day, you can actually see the chip implant. It's Pretty much the, the the chip is um the size of I would say like a grain of rice or so. Yeah. yeah. Man, yeah, yes, it hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It hurt and I'm pretty squeamish when it comes to needles and things and like that. They just put a band aid on it and you're like yeah. done and yeah. yeah. And then I used an app to program the chip to um, have my business information. So uh, okay. so if you do scan me uh, with a phone, um, my business information pops up. So it says my name, my title, my workplace, and my phone number. That's so it's cool. like a yeah. you know, it's like a business card. Yeah. Yeah. My hope was that I would do a lot more. So if I'm in Sweden, I can actually use this chip if I program it to do this. But I can use it to pay for a smoothie at the co-working space where I had it done. Um, uh, just little things like that. But you can actually program the chip to do a lot more than that. You can change the locks in your house yeah. to so you can actually just scan your chip and your your uh, door will open. So um, you can do that with your car as well. Mm-hmm. So this chip was created by a company named Dangerous Things, okay. and they're based in Seattle here. Um, and 
the owner, the founder and CEO of that company has like, I think he has like four chips by the, by now. So he does everything from opening his doors to starting his car. Um, my hope is that one day we'll have, you know, the secure chip. This is not very secure. I mean, you have to be really, really close to it to yeah. read information. So when people ask me, what if someone just comes really close to you and scans your chip? Well, I mean, it's just my name and my, my title and my phone number. You know, if you're that desperate to get my phone number, you know, okay, you can have it. But, um, you know, I can see the application area being, you know, medical, uh, yes. electronic medical records, for example, being able to store information like your health data on a chip would be very, very convenient. Yeah. You can just, you know, get someone can just scan your chip and then your information pops up. But obviously, we're not there quite yet. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm fascinated by implantable technology. I think that the potential is huge. Um, obviously, it's not for everyone. Lots of people who have security concerns. And yes, obviously, that is a very relevant worry. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that, you know, in the future, we might all have implantable technology that will help us be healthier, that mm -hmm. will help us, you know, track our health on a personal level, on a very individual, granular level, um, so we can stay healthier, we can live longer, and just, you know, yeah. Nice. Yeah, and I, I, I think it's neat that it's programmable, too. And mm -hmm. you don't, you know, in some ways, it may make sense to put, uh, like, unencrypted like allergy information like penicillin yes, or something exactly um, but then other more sensitive things about medical records maybe it's just like uh, a number that maps to a database that somebody has to be like logged into mm -hmm. to be able to see that all the details right and I think that there, <laughs> one of the most common questions is people ask you know and they joke but there's a little kernel of seriousness when they ask me are Oh, is the government tracking you? Is anyone tracking? No, <laughs> nobody is tracking me. I'm also, I'm not that interesting of a person to track, to be honest. You know, I go to work, I go to my fitness classes. So, you know, there, I, I, I can't see, you know, that any any government agency, foreign or domestic, would have any interest in tracking me. And it's also just not doable. Well, there are, there are easier ways to track you, right? <laughs> right. Like my phone. Right, exactly. Everyone has a phone. Or easy so pass. And, easy pass, you know, for sure. There's so many for other sure. ways. Yeah. yeah. So people don't realize that, you know, all, all this talk about, you know, NSA and the surveillance apparatus here in the U.S. I mean, if you have a phone, you know, you, you can be tracked. Yeah. Yeah. Other device for, for um, that matter. Yeah. Yeah. So on that happy note... <laughs> um, if, if people wanted to uh, go and get the show notes and, and sign up and get chipped themselves, what website do we want to send them to? So, well, uh, for our stories, I don't write that much these days because I'm, um, you know, really heads down in editing and thinking about the strategic um, plan and direction of the magazine is not a magazine, but publication. Um, they can go to governmentciomedia.com. We have a really snazzy looking website, very, very different from our competitors in the space. Um, 
So think of it almost like a wired for the federal IT mm -hmm. uh, senior decision maker uh, when it comes to, or the, the, technolo the senior technologist in government or private industry. And then um, I think that Epicenter is just epicenter.se for Sweden. Okay. If they want to check that out. Okay. Yeah, and we'll make sure we get that in the show notes. And what what, what URL has all the show notes on it? Dgshow.org. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody bookmarks that site. So <laughs> I bet set, they do. Set their homepage to it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Camille. Well, this is awesome. This is so exciting. I'm glad you're able to make it onto the show. We've talked about it forever, and, and finally did it. So. All right, and hopefully uh, people can join your event uh, coming up in March, and we'll make sure we yes. get this out in time. So March 15 is when we have our event. It's going to be amazing. Uh, it's the um, Uncle Sam Meets Silicon Valley. Um, the website, uh, the events page is up. We'll make sure to link to that as well. I don't know the URL uh, off the top of my we'll head. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, it's going to be amazing. We have probably about eight speakers confirmed from various agencies, NGA, NASA, USAID, OPM, um, DHS, and DOD, among others. So I'm very excited. I'll be moderating some of the conversations. And what we really want to do when it comes to our content, whether it's events or the written words so or regular articles, is we want to deliver content differently. So different content delivered differently. So you won't be seeing, you know, personnel announcements or contract award stories on our side. We are really focused on providing thought-provoking stories and thought leadership from people in government and industry. So my my goal and my dream and my vision is to have events where you know the next Elon Musk is speaking mm -hmm. about cool stuff. We don't want to have the same names that are on the speaking circuit over and over again. We want to bring something fresh and there's a huge appetite for that. So I'm very, very excited about our event and our content in general. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks for joining the show, and we'll catch everybody next time. Thank you.